The Genesis reading still comes from Genesis 26 through 31. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has... day. Well, good morning, church. It's great to be in worship with you here today. Hello to those online and those that will watch this later. Hello to you as well. Well, we are in a sermon series. Yeah. So, and we're talking about Disney World. Yay! You're supposed to say yay! So, as uh, if you weren't with us that first week, uh, we were. Uh, I was explaining that this sermon series kind of comes from a life experience, and that was uh, very briefly. I went to Disney World, and as great as it was, you could tell the magic was sort of missing, and you could tell that just people just felt overwhelmed by life, and kind of this was trying to make themselves happy, and it just wasn't that same feeling that you used to have. And really, the thought occurred to me that in so many ways in our life and our world that through the pandemic and as we're coming out of it and, and reestablishing life, some of those ways that brought us joy, some of those ways that we, we found life and we just found the, the magic of life, if you will, just aren't going to come back naturally. Like they're going to have to be worked for. They're going to have to be effort is put into it. And if we just kind of just assume it's just going to come back, time itself, it just won't come back. Like there's actually going to be part of us that has to do something with that. And we're going to be looking at that this week and oncoming weeks as well for what we're supposed to do. How can we do that? What are ways that we can rebuild a world that just is worth living in and just has full of joy, full of just worth, full of meaning for each and every day? Let us pray, though. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Now, I want to share with you an uh, experience that my family had because I want to share with you that Going to Disney World is not exactly the worst thing to happen in the world, right? So I don't want to make it sound like it was a totally Debbie Downer. There were some magical moments. And I want to tell you about one of those magical moments that my family had when we went. Now, the first thing you have to understand to hear this story is my daughter loves, loves, loves princesses. It loves the Disney princesses. Absolutely favorite. And if you ever go ask her, she will tell you and categorizes one, two, and three to make sure that they're always in the proper order and you understand which one is her favorite. And of course, when you go to Disney World right now, uh, you know, you're not, there are a lot of the meet and greet character things really aren't meet and greet going on right now. They either kind of stand off on like a roof or 
or if you go to like one of the big dinner things that like you, you got a table but they're like kind of over there and they kind of wave to you and stuff but you don't get to go hug them and high five them and all that stuff anymore and one of the other things that happen is instead of doing like the big parades we're kind of doing just like little mini cavalcades different times of the day where basically uh you know some of them walk but most of them are like on a car or like a parade float if you will and they kind of like the characters kind of just go around and wave and there's you know a very small parade if you will well, we heard on one of the days a cavalcade was coming, and they don't really tell you on the day of which one it is. So we didn't know which one, but we're like, oh, you know, the kids will want to see whoever it is. So we, we wait and see. Now, my daughter's three favorite princesses go like this. Number three is Rapunzel. Number two is Ariel. And number one, no, is Belle. Belle, 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 Belle. And in fact, my daughter loves Belle and loves Beauty and the Beast. And uh, we have some magical moments watching that because we watch it all the time at my house. And I can basically sing every song and redo the whole thing for you and act it out one night if you want. Special music. There you go. Beauty and the Beast. Here we go. I'll, I'll do both the girl and the boy part. So, yeah. But so, of course, my daughter, when we go there, finds this little Belle doll, right, that we have here. And it's one of these little snuggly things. And, of course, it comes out. It's got this little pouch thing. It's so cute. And, all. Oh, I know. It is. And, and she, of course, wanted to hold on to this and carry it around and all that different stuff. And she was very picky about what she wanted. She, she looked at everything and but really wanted, of course, this Belle doll and this little snuggly thing. And she carries around the house. And, of course, once it's undone, I can never put it back because it's like swaddling a baby that's moving or something. I don't understand it. But... Uh, it, you know, once you get this little pouch. And so we're there, and the parade, you know, the cavalcade floats coming up. And uh, it, it ends up being this big silvery tower type thing with these multiple tiers. And they got like three princesses on each side and a couple princesses walking before it. And we're like, oh goodness, Kinsley, it's the princesses. And Jackson's like, it's the princesses, right? And so, and we're all super excited. And we're on, you know, it's, it's, if you've ever been to Disney World, there's kind of like that big circle in the very middle of it, right? And the, with, right by the castle. And we're kind of like right by the castle. And there's that, it's a roundabout kind of thing that goes around as the parade comes. And so we're on one side of it. And as the, the parade comes, there is Rapunzel walking. And Ken's like, Rapunzel. And then Ariel's on our side. So Ariel. But Belle is on the other side of the thing oh this is trouble so as we're coming you know the, the cavalcade's coming and and kinsey's looking and she sees bell and she's like bell and and you know she's on the other side so she's waving that way and kind of very you know every now and then looking our way and all that stuff but we knew that we were, might get missed that kinsey might miss getting a wave from bell so jackson goes bell and a daddy goes bell and mommy goes bell and kinsey's like bell and she's got this doll and she's like Right? And, and it was one of these funny things. Like, I don't know, Bella, I don't think, really heard us, but Ariel did on the float. And Ariel was kind enough to go, Oh, Miss Bell, some of your friends are over here. And Miss Bell turned and saw Kinsley and goes, gave her the wave and goes, Oh, I love it. Because she, of course, saw the doll and she's just, and Kinsley was like, Bell saw me. Oh, right? And it was just this magical moment. But then Daddy had a hero moment because what ended up happening was, you know, that roundabout is, is there's not many people there right at the moment, and especially since it's kind of random times of the day and there's small cavalcades, like the big crowds don't come to that section right there. So I realized that as this is going around the circle, we could run into the circle, get to the other side of it, and Belle would be on our side again. So I'm like, pick him up, right? So I grab him, right? Mommy's got the stroller, Jackson's running beside me. We run up, we find a little spot, you know, a little, a little station, and sure enough, 
Here comes Belle around. I put Kinsley on my shoulders. Kinsley's there. She's got her doll. And there comes Belle. Belle! Right? And Jackson's beside me going, Belle! Right? And, and sure enough, Belle sees my daughter again. And I'm sure she realizes it was the same girl. And is like, oh, just doing this big hug thing and all that stuff. And you would have thought my daughter went to heaven, right, in that moment. Because she saw the real Belle twice. And got away from her twice. And it was a big, huge magical moment for us. But what was so neat about that moment too, from even my standpoint, was I got to be daddy the hero. Because I got to be honest, when we went up and Belle was on our side and Kinsley realized that like she was going to be right next to Belle this time, it was like superhero. I felt like I had the guns. Like I just wanted to be like, yeah, I'm dead, dumb. Like total dead score. Yeah. Like you, know, you had that moment and it was so just amazing. But it was such about like those moments that you create, right? Where you just have these great moments, these great memories. Of course, why you go to Disney in the first place and do those things with your kids. But it really got me thinking about that idea as far as the creation of the moment. Those dad, you know, as my instance was the dad hero moment where we realized what was going to happen just in time and made the effort, got over there and all those things and got to have just something my daughter would always remember and cherish. And every time I see this bell doll, I'm going to remember that moment, right? Which is just that magical part of life that we all search and yearn for, those moments that we miss, you know, when we had pre-COVID, you know, they were more common, I think, than maybe what we sometimes feel now. And we miss, and we got to help recreate those here today. But it reminded me something about having that moment where you help create something, then all of a sudden you realize the power of that moment. And what I mean by that is when you look at scripture, you look at the creation story, as we take a look at creation story, you know, last week we looked at remember, the creation idea of remembering, and remember that God was there at the beginning. Not only was he there, but the darkness was also there. Remember that we looked at that dark, deep, watery chaos image, and God just is there and he creates from it. And his spirit hovers over the waters, and we remember that even at the creation of the world, God was with the darkness, if you will, was not scared of it, was controlling it, and through it created something good. And God can surely, if he did it back then, that dark, watery chaos can look at our lives and do it again. But this week, we want to look at something else. We want to look at this idea. Before we look at kind of practically what we do, we got to remember something that God's called us to be. Because sometimes before you can do, you have to be. And I think sometimes in our lives, especially when we go through hard times, we sometimes forget who we've been called to be. And in fact, who has instilled in us meaning and purpose for each and every day. In our scripture, this reading, we, we read a bunch of it, but I just want to just start and just read this one section over to you again. And so you remember, of course, the story goes, God's created a whole bunch of stuff. He's on the last day and he's trying to think, how do I top this off? Where's the cherry on the top? I want to make like the whipped cream, the cherry, put it all together and have like this awesome creation that we can all enjoy. And God said in verse 26 of chapter 1 of Genesis, Let us make man in our image and our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created now, in theology, we kind of use the old terms, if you will. We call that the imago Dei, which just simply means the image of God. And if you ever go to, like, theological schools or anything like that, books 
books upon books. There's so much ink that is spilled over this, this one idea of what does it mean to be made in the image of God? And in fact, really, if we wanted to, we could probably spend a whole year just talking about that one subject here and there and just, just use it because it's just a profound image that I can't just give all in one sermon, every single idea behind it, but just some to name a few of what that image bearing means. If God put his image inside us, what does that mean for you and I here today? First of all, it means something like that we are God-like, right? Not that we're God ourselves, but there's something about God that's in us, that some of his being, if you will, lives inside us that can be blessing to others, that can be part of who God is, that there's a likeness, that we're unique in the creation compared to other things that were in creation that we bear that image, or the fingerprint, right? The very fingerprint of God, that we are the worthiness of all people. Remember it said male and female, he created them, right? And that's where we get terms like, you know, even in our, our whole idea of what the United States is as far as, you know, all men are created equal, right? Again, that doesn't come from the idea that everybody can go out and do the same thing or has the same ability or has the same ideas or has the same whatever productivity level. What that means is that each of us have the image of God stamped on us, the very fingerprints of God all over us, and we have intrinsic worth just because we are. And that worth can't be taken from us, that worth can't be shredded, that worth can't be, you know, substituted, if you will, that worth is there. And of course, that worth is the fingerprint of God, the image of God has just been throughout history overcoming all sorts of evils as we look at it. Or also it means, you know, the idea of dominion or caretaker, if you will, that even right after that, God says, hey, I'm going to make someone ruler over these things. And by ruler, you know, sometimes the, the language gets a little tricky here, but by ruler, it doesn't mean like I do what I want and everybody deals with it kind of ruler. It's like the caretaker, like the gardener, if you will, the one that like takes care of something, rules over it and controls it, but does it in a blessing way to bring about the most full life you can from something else as you rule over it, if you will, almost like a parent for a child or, you know, again, a gardener for the plants. But of course, there's many more other things we could talk about, but the one I wanted to really focus on here today is the idea of what God has done at the very beginning of Genesis. What did he do with the darkness? This whole story is about God creating. And in fact, for you and I to be made in the image of God, there are as many meanings as that can be and talked about and again preached upon. One of the ones I really want to focus on here today is that you are called to be a creator. And you go, well, I don't like speak in things into being like God. Well, of course we don't because we're like God, not we are God, right? We, but we can with our own power and what we've been given and our talents create all sorts of things and by creation bring life. And light, and light to the darkness. I um, am I'm always amazed when I think about that, that you and I are gifted to create, that we are image bearers. And there's so many ways you can see this kind of play about in life. Uh, for many people, it's just the joy of creation. And many of you uh, may know a guy named Bob Ross. Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Remember Bob Ross? If you don't know Bob Ross, go look him up. I know uh, when I was younger, he was on TV all the time. And of course, I was young, so I didn't, I was like, who is this dude? Why has he got a big hairdo? Because that's not in style anymore. And like, why does he keep talking about happy trees, right? You know, so, so, and I would flip it over to my cartoons or whatever. But as I got older, at some point, I remember, you know, the reruns got a little less and less as time went on. And at some point, I was older, I think it was in my 20s, I stopped and I said, you know what? I'm going to watch Bob Ross because I know who Bob Ross is now. And I'm going to just actually watch from the beginning to the end. And I missed kind of the very, very beginning of the show. But 
more or less I saw, you know, more or less it was not much on a canvas when I, when I like zoomed in on the channel. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch and paint this whole entire thing. And I'm going to learn why Bob Ross is so popular, right? Other than just the funny hairdo and, you know, all those things that we laugh about. And so I watched. And I was floored at how happy I was, right? <laughs> I mean, I was so happy. I remember just him like painting and he's like, you know, we're just gonna get some colors. And he's got that little palette, you know, he's got a little scraper thing and he's like scraping it up and he's just putting these colors on. And for me, when I was watching it, he made like this grand mountain scene kind of thing with the lake and the trees and all this stuff. And he's just like, you know, and over here is just gonna be a happy little mountain. And he's like, and he's just coloring it up. And you're like, and every little stroke, he's like, you just, you just see it come into being. Just, and you're just sitting there like, this is beautiful. And I remember distinctly as he's, you know, putting up the happy trees and something lives over here and, you know, let's just have something, you know, this, there's something over here that just, just needs a little more. And so like, you know, he just does it, he just keeps doing it. And he's, as you talk, you're just in this rhythm and you're just feeling the, the, the imagination of, you know, he's not looking at a picture or anything. He's literally just making this landscape up off the top of his head. And as he's, as he's doing it, I distinctly remember he got to one point and there's probably like five minutes, 10 minutes left in the show. And uh, I remember watching it, and, I, and, and it's just pristine, beautiful painting. It's like one, if I ever made a painting this good, it would hang on my mantle the rest of my life. Like, do not touch it, do not look at it. We would have like sealed it with something. It is perfect, do not mess with it. And I remember him going, you know, let's just, let's just add something. And he, got, he goes straight to the black, right? Right, and, and it, I'm, I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, this, I get it. Like, Bob Ross, you are amazing. If I could paint like you and have your imagination, like, I, I get it. And he just goes, he's straight to black. He's like, let's just put, let's just put a fence right here. And he goes right smack dab in the middle of it, just puts this big black line, right? And I remember thinking to myself, you ruined it. Oh, Bob Ross, no, what did you do? Like, I remember just, like, I was, I was, I went from my happy place to the deepest, darkest, like the world is ending, chicken with its head cut off kind of thing, right? I mean, it was like the worst thing in the world. And he, and he puts this black spot on, he puts more black spots on, and I'm like, Bob, I didn't write you, you just ruined it, what are you doing, on TV too, like all this stuff. And of course, within three minutes, it's better than it ever was, right? And it's this beautiful fence line that just adds to the character of the whole thing, and it, he's you know, added all these different light touches and these different things. And you look at it and you go, that is amazing, right? And I just had the, the, not only his joy of creating, but the joy of watching and being part of someone creating was just amazing. And I think the joy that really comes from that is ingrained in each and every single one of us because we are image bearers. And part of being an image bearer is the idea that you and I, by default, are creators. Many of you know that joy through other means, maybe such as we mentioned before, gardening. Right? I know many of some of the houses I've been to in your house, I've noticed that in your center bouquet, if you will, is a flower from your garden or maybe a tomato you brought in or a zucchini that you dropped off at the office or sweet corn or other things that you've seen and you've been helping and you helped grow them from the ground. But there was that creation part of it that would not have existed unless your hand had been part of it and grew into something great fruit. In my own life, I see I'm not a good painter necessarily. I'm not really even a good gardener or anything like that. But how I normally see this is when I put my kids to bed. Because the one thing I am fairly decent at is telling stories. And so a lot of times when I put the kids to bed, they go, Daddy, tell us a story. And so we have all sorts of adventures 
at my house at bedtime. And Kinsley the parrot and Jackson the parrot, because they like to fly, you know, every kid wants to fly. So they go on all sorts of adventures and they do all sorts of things. And sometimes I know that uh, my daughter especially will sometimes at the end of it, she'll go, that was too short, right? <laughs> but sometimes she'll look at me, she'll go, that was a good story, daddy, right? And in those moments, I realize the power of creation. And there's so many different ways that this can happen and come about. But nonetheless, we need to remember the power of creation. And of course, as every time I think of the power of creation, I think one of the magical things at Disney World is it all started with a dream, right? Not just Disney World, but Disneyland and all the ideas of the theme parks themselves. And, and really, when you, when you hear about the beginning, it wasn't anything to do with making money, right? It wasn't anything to do with getting your brand bigger, if you will. It wasn't anything like that. The whole dream and the whole purpose of it. And I remember learning that it was to create a place where parents and kids could make memories. That was the goal. That was it. Just wanted to create a place. And now, you know, this coming up weeks, the, fifth, the Disney World's going to be celebrating, uh, celebrating its 50-year anniversary of being open. And if you just stop and think, that one little dream and one little person starting the creation process, how many memories were made? And how many parents had that hero moment like, you know, I had that one day? Or how many kids had that moment where Belle or whoever the equivalent was for them looked at them, smiled, and just wanted to hug them, right? Because they saw how much it meant to them. You see, you and I are image bearers. And we create... And we create not only when times are good, we create even in the midst of dark waters. Just like God at the beginning of creation, things aren't always fantasy land. Sometimes it's in the midst of chaos that we create. But part of being in the image of God is that God has put that creation power inside you. It's up to you to use it. To create the world around you. Make it a better place. Let us pray. Lord, as we're here today, we thank you so much for your love, and we thank you so much for your word. And God, even though sin came into creation and has fallen in this world, and it's not what it should be in so many different ways, and in our lives we get hurt, we get just beat up by the world, we get just things that happen that shouldn't happen. But nonetheless, over all those dark times and those turbulent waters, God, the image of God is still inside us. And for any of us that call on the name of Jesus, Lord, you restore to that, that purpose of the very beginning and you're working inside us to bring us back and fully bring back that image of God inside us. And so God, whatever ways you put on our heart, help us to create. Help us to bring from nothing something. And to once again step into that image and to make the world better than it was. God, that can sometimes be frightening. Sometimes it takes faith to step out. But we remember here today that from the very get-go of this world being formed and the creation of us, you gave us that purpose and you gave us that power. And so, Lord, here again today, we claim that for your goodness and for the transformation of this world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.